This is the Metal Morgue, dissecting the best and worst horror movies and music that rock, with your host, Dr. Gang Green. So now that we're here to rehearse our new album, oh, or lose our advance, or lose our advance, we've got a month to come up with 10 minutes of new good material. And we're not going anywhere until we do. Friggin' great. But why Canada? Because Toronto's where it's happening, man. The music, the film industry, the arts. Hey, Fright fans, we're here with John Thor, the one and only Thor from Rock and Roll Nightmare. He's a musician, a uh, bodybuilder, a uh, actor. He does it all. Thor, how you doing? I'm doing great, and uh, I sent a handshake across the miles to the south from the north. Uh, how are you doing there, Dr. Gangrene? It's great to, to talk to you after all this time. Yeah, great to hear, hear talk to you, too, and hear from you. Uh, it's been a few years since we got you down to Nashville. Yes, and that's one of the greatest gigs I've ever had. Uh, I thought it was a, a really enthusiastic crowd, and Nashville, you know, being Music City, uh, people knew their stuff, and uh, that place was packed, and we were rocked. Rocking the city that night. Absolutely. Well, we'll get you back down here because I understand you've got a new album out. Is that right? That's right. We just uh, released a new album on, on A389 Records. It's called Thor's Teeth. Thor's Teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and and tell, them, tell them about the promo they get with that. Yeah, we get a promo where you get a box of uh, Thor's Teeth that were broken during bending steel bars uh, with every <laughs> album sold. Well, I actually saw you for real break a, a tooth here in Nashville during one of the shows. That's right. So you add that up, uh, a tooth in every city, and you're doing uh, 300 shows a year, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. That well, a few boxes anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about um, Rock and Roll Nightmare. Rock and Roll Nightmare. 1987. So now you wrote the uh, wrote the script for Rock and Roll Nightmare. Is that right? That's right. Wrote the script, and uh, I, I based it. Uh, always wanted to do a, a film, um, sort of a combination of uh, Hercules and, and Superman mixed with horror. Um, and and uh, you know, I was a, I was a Superman fanatic since I was a kid, and the idea of a super being who comes to Earth and has to do battle on Earth, which is what Hercules did, which is what Thor did, which, which is the story of Superman, right? A, a, an alien sent to Earth, um, or a super being. In, in my case, uh, we, we made it where it was an archangel. You know, an archangel came to Earth and had to do battle on Earth. <laughs> I am Triton, the Archangel. You've overstepped your line again, Bob. Okay, so I understand it was pretty cold up there at the time you were shooting. Um, you were running around in a metal loincloth. You had to have been freezing. Very much so. And um, when we first got up there, we started filming, uh, the weather was quite mild. It just suddenly dropped down to 30 below, just like that. And that's how it is uh, when you're in Ontario. In, in, in the October, November area, right? It, mm -hmm. uh, it'll drop just like that. And then there was no heat in the, in the barn where we were filming uh, uh, some of the scenes, you know, I mean, the metal loincloth. Yeah, 
Yeah, I read, was reading an interview uh, with John Fasano, and he said that one of the camera guys' face actually uh, froze to the camera when he was shooting that that outside shot of the house. That's right, it did. It did. Uh, you know, uh, everybody was really, really cold, and and after that, we were so happy, uh, especially me, when the scene was over, to get a nice uh, hot cup of hot chocolate. Now there is a very prominent Coke can. In several of the shots, did you guys get a sponsorship from Coke? Yes, uh, we survived on Coke, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or should I say Coca-Cola? Yeah. Because um, it was the 80s. But, uh, you know, we had uh, a Coca-Cola in Canada said, look, we'll supply you if you show a, you know, a few you know, shots of the can. And, you know, we'll give you, a, you know, multiple crates of of Coke, I think they brought it, brought it in the, with a big truck and, and forklifted it out. And we had Coca-Cola, uh, you know, I mean, that's what we were drinking. We got a little, quite a sugar high on that. But uh, that, <laughs> that definitely was the beverage of the movie. <laughs> definitely. It's, it's in several shots, pretty prominent. Yeah. Now, you worked with John Fasano. You guys were already friends, right? Yes, we worked uh, previously in Zombie Nightmare. Which there's no relation, even though they both have Nightmare in the, in the title. Well, Nightmare in a film as well. <laughs> uh, that was any relation. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, John Sano, I think, is a genius, uh, tremendous, uh, tremendous uh, director, uh, producer, uh, writer on his own accord, uh, having been involved with various uh, horror movies and famous movie another 48 hours he was a co-writer on that and uh i had just uh um started a movie called recruits which did very well and john saw me in recruits and, and he recruited me uh, to be the monster uh and of course knowing i love monsters and playing monsters uh, i was a zombie monster in the zombie nightmare the voodoo woman explained it to me on the way over, Frank. She made this kid a zombie so it would avenge itself against its murderers. And so from there, you guys decided to get together and make this movie. Now, did you write the script first, or did he sort of come to you and say, hey, you know, we need a... How did that come about? Um, as I said, I always wanted to do a, a film uh, about uh, a superhero character mixed before, and so... I started uh, writing the synopsis and uh, presented to John. He said, just, hey, elaborate on that, elaborate on that. Of course, I took his input that he gave me, that we could add this and add that, and I came up with the full uh, script. Now, that ending is absolutely nuts. Did uh, did you plan from, from the get-go to kind of go over the top with it, or was it something that you kind of, as you guys were going along, go, hey, we got to kick this up a notch? Yeah, uh, that's how it was. Uh, you know, or you know, let's come up. I always love a movie that has a twisted ending or a very surprise ending. You mm-hmm. don't want the cliche ending, right? Uh, that oh yeah, I know that's going to happen. This is going to happen, and you know, the monster. You know, you're the monster movie. The monsters. Uh, it's going to get killed, or you know, if, uh, you know, King Kong's going to fall off the Empire State Building. One of my favorite movies, but you knew he was going to get it in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, this this had a, just, uh, I think, a very unique twist. You had people had no idea, you know, it came up, uh, out of nowhere, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I firmly did that. I wanted the element of surprise. Yeah. 
No, and obviously you weren't uh, afraid of going over the top, and in fact seemed to quite embrace it with the with the rubber puppets and the outlandish costumes and whatnot. Well, you know, we originally wanted to have a multi-million dollar script. That was the idea. But knowing we only had so much of a budget, we had to do what we could do with what we had. And, and uh, for example, the, you know, a lot of the puppets were actually supposed to be um, some Harryhausen type of uh, monsters, you know, that, you know, some special, you know, really excellent special effects. Uh, you know, I was going to sprout metal wings and fly around instead of just having a cape and a metal codpiece. You know, there was a lot of plans. And um, one thing that we want to do, hopefully, and we've been talk talking to different <clears throat> investors on this, is to do a, you know, what happens if we do Intercessor in this modern age of all this special effect technology and digital technology available to us and, and make a you know, $30 million picture? Yeah. What would the interest, you know, the, what would Rock and Roll Nightmare be like, you know, or what would the intercessor be like sure. in, the, in this in this modern age? Or maybe it would just lose its charm that it has. Maybe it, uh, we'd have all the bells and whistles, and I'd be flying around, you know, with wings and battles, mm -hmm. uh, evil demons uh, and spawns that look very realistic. Uh, but yet maybe that charm of, of the little puppets and, you know, sure. squids that I'm uh, you know, trying to catch to make them stick on me. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the, the fun of the movie. Well, it is. And, you know, that's that's everybody's favorite parts is, is all that, what exactly what you mentioned, all that stuff that now becomes the charm of it. Um, but more than anything else, I think, for me, it's the rock and roll aspect of it combined with all of that and, and the fact that you were able to work in the music of Thor, of course, it's it's credited to the Thor and the Tritons, but it's your band, right, doing the music? Yeah, so actually, um, you know, what I did at the time, I wanted to branch out and form another band, uh, so I called it the Tritons. Actually, I was going to have an alternate band of Thor, and then we, you know, tour with the with the band called the Tritons. Uh, and so those those uh, uh, songs were especially with, written for the movie, and I think it has an excellent soundtrack. We, uh, interestingly enough, we uh, recorded at Triton Sound in Toronto. Um, so, I, but the the music itself, you know, even though we didn't get a lot of radio play, actually, uh, they're still hits. Maybe they've become hits and transcended time, and were handed down generation to generation because of the movie. And then, of course, it got the movie got re-released. And so we've got young, young kids always requesting energy or requesting we live to rock. And, and you know, when I go on tour, I'm over in Europe, uh, and people are uh, yelling for we live to rock and energy and all these songs from the movie. Oh, That's yeah. Absolutely astounding. You know, when a 10-year-old you know, kid in Finland is singing we live to rock. And I, you know, it just, you know, sometimes makes me shake my head the power of music. Come on, let's tune our weapons. What's the 
I just, I just find it, you know, you know, John and I wanted to make a, a movie that we could actually get a little distribution on, right? Uh, I mean, we had big plans for for the multi-million dollar movie. When that didn't work, we decided to go work with our little budget we had, and then, you know, hey, if we could get a little distribution, wonderful. I had no idea that it was going to get all these accolades and, and, and just, you know, cult following that continues to grow and, and where, you know, the, the music and the movie itself stand the test of time. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on, on the head with that word, with cult. It's definitely become a cult movie. So uh, that's, yeah. I think, what's made it, it made it endure the test of time, as you say. Yes, absolutely. And um, if, if uh, you know, like so many remakes, you know, like uh, I just, uh, you know, watched The Thing recently, which, which was uh, a continuation or a, pre, a prelude, actually. It was a prelude to The Thing that, by John Carpenter. Right. The first one of my movies before that was The Thing from Another World uh, with James Arness as, you know, the carrot creature, uh, which is sort of like Frankenstein. Um, and uh, so I'm thinking that maybe Rock and Roll Nightmare at one time, you know, it doesn't have to star me or anything, but I, I do think, you know, of course, John Steno and I hold the rights. We, we, we feel that, and as we said, we were talking to different producers and investors that, you know, let's, let's do maybe Rock and Roll Nightmare as a, a really big picture and just see, you know, see how it, uh, uh, how it, how people take it. I think it could be a very big success, uh, uh, all, you know, to go from a cult film, you know, uh, to you know, mainstream. Yeah, might be an interesting thing to see how it, you know, how it turns out. Yeah, and uh, only time will tell. We'll we'll see what happens with that. Very cool. Well, um, I wish you all the best there, and you know, when you're touring with Thor's Teeth, I know we're gonna have to get you down to Nashville. Absolutely, and uh, we'll bring, uh, you know, maybe maybe a whole trunk of teeth. <laughs> Throw them out in the audience. I'll dumb that steel bar, but I'll bend it. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> well, all right, man. Well, hey, it was great talking with you. And, um, yeah. you know, we'll stay in touch and we'll see what we can do about that tour. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, please say hello to all my friends in Nashville. I think Nashville is an incredible town, a great rock town. And, uh, and I appreciate all the support I got last time and look forward to seeing you and everybody when we come 